War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. It's Wednesday. It's April 27th. This portion of the program is brought to you by Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Make it a great day. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. They are open right now. They're open Tuesday through Saturday from 7 in the morning till 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Everything fresh, the most delicious calzones. Located 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence, right off of Silver Spring Street. They are right next door to AAA in Providence. Another landmark is the cellos right there. But stop in, delicious calzones, sausage and pepper, uh, wimpy skimpy, also the old-fashioned pizza strips. They also have delicious chocolate donuts and cupcakes ron's pastry gourmet everything big fresh they're waiting for you stop in and see them so a couple things folks that we are going to be talking about number one so rhode island governor dan mckee who is the subject of an fbi probe but he has made his selection for the new head of the rhode island state police now there's not exactly a surprise with this it is uh someone this will be the first person of color on the state police and is daryl weaver now as i had pointed out it was just about two weeks ago that Governor McKee, they had some kind of a uh, working group session on something at the state room, and he attended on behalf of the state police. And even then I said, well, there you go. That's who they're going to select. Um, it's hard to ignore the politics of something like this. I don't know, uh, Lieutenant uh, Weaver, that I don't I don't think I, I may have met him in the past. I don't know him that I, I don't know him. But I may, as I said, I may have met him. But I, I, I do know there were rumblings at the state police that they feel this is just a, a very political move. Former Rhode Island governor, now Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo, she opened the door with making politics at the state police when she appointed Anna Sumco. So Governor McKee will tout as he is facing. Keep in mind, the person who's the subject of an FBI probe, Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee, he's selecting the new head of the Rhode Island state police that should not be lost on anyone so he will uh, make the announcement and he's all excited about it and they're going to announce it this friday um i i i have heard that there are very competent capable people but apparently it was um seemingly it was known that governor mckee wanted to make this uh what he's calling a historic pick so um we will withhold judgment on it but it's it's hard to ignore the politics now there's another story that the providence journal has i want to give them credit they have regarding this voting legislation that uh was passed in the senate but in the course of the article that a lot of the proponents now point to now i have consistently been saying no one's ever been arrested for fraudulently voting in rhode island well apparently that has changed and i'm reached out to the attorney general's office because the state now has three people, and I want you to see the significance of who they've charged. So, again, this is the first time So the, the Providence Journal reached out to Attorney General Peter Narona and found out the state has charged Robert Nickerson, two counts of mail ballot fraud. He voted by mail in Portsmouth and Fort Lauderdale during the 2020 general election. So because he put it in the mail, he was charged with two counts of mail ballot fraud. So you have someone with Portsmouth who also has a home in Fort Lauderdale. The state has also charged Paul Krikorian, two counts of mail ballot fraud, allegedly voting by mail in Narragansett and Vero Beach, Florida, during the 2020 election. And they've also charged Jimmy uh, McRoy, two counts mail ballot fraud, again, voted by mail from Portsmouth and also Illinois during the 2020 election. Now, I think it's interesting. Couple things. Uh, number one, notice they're all outside of Providence, right? Two in Portsmouth, and then one in Narragansett. We don't know if they are in fact a Trump support a voter or a Biden voter. So, but I find it interesting. This also plays into why they want the drop boxes. Now, locally, they institute all these drop boxes, and one of the reasons they have all these drop boxes is exactly that to avoid the mail fraud so what i find interesting is notice they don't have anyone from providence 
Pawtucket or Central Falls. So we're to believe that in the 2020 election, the three people voted twice. And one lives in Narragansett and the other two live in Portsmouth. And that's it. They're the only ones. I'm going to point to um, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. He has come out with he's going to have a new position and it's going to be election integrity and looking into these types of things. Now, this new bill in Rhode Island that has passed the Senate lets voters apply for mail ballots online. No one has to go inside. Allows voters to choose to vote by mail for many reasons. You don't have to give an excuse. Define, quote, early voting 20 days before Election Day. Provide, and ready ready for this, provide each city or town a ballot drop box that's regulated by the State Board of Elections. Folks, that eliminates the mail fraud. That's what just caught up those those voters was the mail fraud. Allow long-term nursing home residents to receive mail ballot applications automatically. Well, you can already see where that, you know, could end up being uh, resulting in fraud. Uh, set up a hotline, multiple languages, information about voting and polling locations. I don't have a problem with that. But, um, you, know, you know, that's positive. But this other stuff, I, I want to come back to that the fact that, and, and they also, they are, they're being charged with, um, they're being charged because of of the mechanism they use to vote and that being by dropping it in the mail so it's mail ballot two counts of mail ballot fraud by voting by mail in that if there'd been drop boxes then it's not a problem now another problem with this is whether or not these three individuals i'm willing to bet they could all be trump supporters that whether or not they uh, clicked off you know be, that they are not they're either a resident of florida or they're a resident of rhode island when you s- notice they're not being charged with that that's one of the things that they talk about is if you check this off and say oh no i'm you know a rhode island resident now so that means that they are rhode island residents but then they just got caught voting in florida and it's possible possible that it's florida that actually caught them and then told the attorney general but I want to come back to what stands out to me with this is there's no one in Providence, Pawtucket, Central Falls, meaning so there's nobody spooked by it. It's two people in Portsmouth and somebody in Narragansett that also um, voted in Vero Beach, Florida. I, I hardly doubt that they're the only individuals that are involved with something like that. Um, if, if anything, you know, this is like the old adage, they're not the only ones doing it. They're just the only ones that got caught. So now something else is something watching Sabina Matos team. They're already looking for a new campaign manager two weeks after kickoff. She's already parted ways with the campaign manager. So there's something odd about that other than the fact that I'm hearing from people that in in order that everything has to go by um, Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee. But listen to Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. And this is terrific. And uh, and he is right on the money with what he's saying regarding the law. If you call the supervisor of elections, well, they're not investigators. They're not law enforcement. But what are you going to do? You call like a state attorney's office. They're just not. They they do other crimes. Uh, They're having to face someone robs a bank, all that other stuff. Some of them may not. You know, care as much about the election stuff. I think it's been mixed to how those reactions going to be. So we just want to make sure whatever laws are on the books, that those laws are enforced, uh, and that if people know that that we're going to enforce the law, I think everyone will be very happy. So we are creating for the first time ever uh, in state government an office of election crimes and security to be able to prosecute voter fraud. You, can- you know, I would hope that something like this would also take hold in 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 Rhode Island because it is so needed i'm telling you right now i have no faith in 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 the fact that they just want to continue to expand every time you they expand all of this early voting and it, folks it just it opens the door for more potential fraud more potential fraud this portion of the john DePietro show folks is it grill it is grilling season how's your grill how about get a new grill jay's J apostrophe yes broadway appliance and tv 47 cedar swamp road route 5 in smithfield it is a you you go in 
Folks, they've been in business since 1963. Think of that. 58 years, 59 years, and you deal directly with the owner. So stop in and see them. They'll match and beat any package deal. Now, obviously, they carry all appliances. So whether it's a washing machine or a dishwasher or a dryer or a refrigerator or a stove or a microwave, folks, Jay's Broadway Appliance and TV, but right now, during grilling season stop in they have a great selection their hours are monday through friday from 10 to 5 on saturday appointments saturday and sunday you can make an appointment but stop in and see them or you could call them 401-949-7800 j's letter j j's j's broadway appliance and tv you're listening to the john DePietro show propane plus for heating and cooling call propane plus today in massachusetts 508 508- 252-3359 in rhode island propane plus number 401-885-4209 it's the johnson family it's propane plus the leading full service provider of propane to rhode island and southeastern mass not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries but they can service your entire heating cooling system and install any propane or natural gas appliances locations in east greenwich and also in rehoboth remember propane plus is energy for everyone it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and also now it's renewable online at propaneplus.com propane plus heating and cooling in massachusetts call the rehoboth office 508-252-3359 and in rhode island 401 401- 885-4209. You can depend on Propane Plus. Thing to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Joining me right now is a columnist with the Boston Globe. It is Dan McGowan. And uh, Dan McGowan is someone that you live in the city of Providence. Um, in, in what you're writing about the uh, the value of, of housing in Providence, when you think of where it was just a couple of years ago, or even just even just last year, these are um, these are really dramatic increases on what is the cost now? Just the average median cost of a of a home in the city. Yeah, th- there's not a a neighborhood in the city of Providence where a single family home. Uh, where the average price of a single family home or value is below $200,000 right now. And 200 doesn't sound like a big number, but when you consider that just last year, John, nine neighborhoods, and by neighborhoods, I mean the city council districts uh, had had the average home price, a single family home of of under 200,000. Now you don't have one. That shows you how significant this is. And there's going to be a lot of folks, and I know you have a lot of Providence uh, uh, listeners who are going to be getting their tax bills in a couple of months. Uh, they're certainly getting their assessments now, and they should be prepared because you're going to see, uh, you know, in some cases, fairly significant uh, tax increases, especially if you own any rental property here. Uh, if, you know, if you don't live in the house you rent, um, you know, you were talking potentially more than a thousand dollars, you know, going up in your tax, uh, in your taxes. And, you know, that's, that's going to be a hard uh, uh, thing to swallow. Hey McGowan, um, last night, last night, Mayor Alorza delivered his final uh, speech regarding, you know, the city, as far as his budget address, anxious to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah. You know, it was, uh, I was a little surprised that it wasn't, um kind of a little more uh kind of uh, you know sort of touting every accomplishment you know he believes he's ever had uh because they tried to do this as like a state of the city address on top of a budget address and you know it's his final time i mean he was emotional he choked up a couple of times he knows the clock is ticking on his career you know as mayor of providence and you know quite frankly potentially his political career overall um, I was surprised that it wasn't kind of more of an explanation of, you know, hey, I inherited a difficult situation. We forget the mayor, the first year of Mayor Lorza, they ran a, uh, you know, a deficit that he kind of pinned on the last mayor, Angel Tavares, had a big falling out that they never recovered from. And people think Democrats love Democrats. Let me tell you something. Angel Tavares, the former mayor, and Jorge Lorza, the current mayor, are not 
uh, particularly good friends. And it stems from, you know, the, the, that early, that first year as mayor for, for Jorge Lorza. Um, so I thought this was a little bit all over the place. You know, he got out, uh, he, he got out kind of the, the key things that he feels are really important. One thing he's very proud of is getting uh, uh, city workers who are, you know, youth city workers. If you have a summer job in a recreation department, you know, that now pays 15 bucks an hour. Um, it's a nice accomplishment. It's something that, again, he's very proud of. But this wasn't when, when you get a chance to, you know, uninter- uh, uninterrupted, right? You, you get to kind of say whatever you want. This wasn't the big lofty speech where I, where I would have said, you know, boy, I could see him running for office again someday. This was more of, you know, eight months ago. We got to focus on our priorities, but uh, I do see the end line here, and uh, and I am kind of ready to go. Jim McGovern, just staying with the house thing for the uh, housing home values going up, and as you say, the sticker shock with that. Um, other than those that maybe you know, some people that are investing in the city with uh, just as far as rental property and so forth, but other than that, it. it but some people, there's still a number of people that would like to live in the capital city. But let's face it, they can't utilize the, the public schools and, you know, crime is still a problem and quality of life and graffiti and ATVs. Um, I, I just I just wonder if you are a family that even as much as people would like to live in the capital city, if if the, you know, the bang is worth the buck. Well, you're, you're now in a situation where the bang becomes not worth the buck because you're, you're, you know, you, you are essentially more and more being priced out of it, but you're, you're exactly right. I mean, the thing about this is, is the, the values of property, and this is in, you know, this is not just not unique to Providence, but using Providence as a good example, right. The, 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 you know, property values and the way home sales are going, um, is not kind of in sync with, I think, the feeling and the kind of the perception of the city of Providence. You know, I'm as bullish, you know this, John, you've, you've heckled me at times about yeah. this before. I'm as bullish about Providence as, as, as anybody, but you're absolutely right. Really difficult to send your kids to particularly middle school here, yeah. uh, any high school other than classical. So, you know, it is, it, 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 the school system's a disaster. Uh, yeah, you did see a, a very big spike last year in homicides. Uh, I've been really emphasizing this lately. Petty crime is kind of out of control right now. Things that are like quality of life issues. Talk to any yep. store owner and they'll say, you know, like, there's just too many t- times I'm, you know, the kids stealing the candy bar. That doesn't hurt them in their pocketbook. It's just a bad sign for any neighborhood to have things like that happening. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think. It is. I, I think it becomes really hard because now if you're somebody, let's say a couple of years ago, I mean, and, you know, I'm, I'm a Providence resident. I'm a renter. But a couple of years ago, you might have said, you know, OK, I can't afford to live on the east side. It's very expensive over there. But you could go to Mount Pleasant, Elmhurst. Yeah. You could go to some of the nicer uh, parts of like the south, uh, the south side, like off of Elmwood Ave, things like that. And I could start a life, get my first house. You know, yeah. hope and do that. Now you can't afford it, and if you're starting a family, you really have to say, "Oh, boy, you know, am I going to be paying for charter or for for private school as well?" Yeah. Um, it really becomes unaffordable. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this all plays. I mean, I know everybody is kind of waiting for the you know another housing kind of bubble or or something like that. Um, but it is you know until we see those prices go down. Um, I do think you're going to see, uh, you know, even more and more kind of first time homeowner families uh, looking elsewhere outside of the city. When Gina Raimondo was first as governor, if you remember, you know, they were really working and trying to bring GE into yep. Providence and pitching it or at least, you know, into Rhode Island. And one of the drawbacks was, I believe, in the proposal, it was all, you know, private schools. It was touting Moses Brown. And, That's right. And, and there are yep. people that want to live in the city, send their children to the public school and. And think of that day, McGowan, and there's been no effort with that. But staying with Providence for a moment, yesterday, and your colleague writes about it, Alexa Gagos, how the housing advocates, um, you know, as much as Governor McKee may think we're out of the woods because winter's over with, with the homeless, boy, you'd never know that by the turnout yesterday. And I, I just think this type of demonstration doesn't bode well for the Superman project. 
I think it's it's interesting. I was talking to a Superman uh, building proponent just this week, and they were saying to me how they're really surprised by kind of, uh, um, I think the way they put it was the lack of pitchforks that are out there. That yeah, there's you know kind of a traditional crowd that is going to oppose any subsidy, but generally speaking, they feel like there's uh, you know support or at least some level of kind of complacency around it that the, people are saying okay, whatever, we've heard about it forever, get it done, right. Um, I, I tend to agree with you. I think that there's a lot of momentum, um, among, you know, look, these are going to be the, you know, kind of the the organized progressives who, um, who do the demonstrate. They're the people that slept outside, you know, before Christmas. And, uh, and you see this, you know, the, the challenge with this. And on one hand, you say, if you're, if you're somebody that you're really focused on homelessness, I, I am all for kind of holding the government's feet to the fire and saying, we're not going to settle for crumbs or whatever. The problem for the politicians is, you know, your automatic instinct, if you're governor McKee is, Oh, well, we could buy everybody off. Right. When people were sleeping outside in the state house, you know, eventually we did announce that we're going to put some money towards this. Right. And everybody will be happy. The problem is they're never going to be happy. No. And, and I think governor McKee, um, has not been prepared for this. In fact, you know, because there was so many folks at the state house yesterday protesting, I think the governor, um, you know, he was supposed to attend another event at the state house, completely unrelated, skipped it, right? Because he doesn't want to see the protesters. Right. Um, it's only getting warmer. And first of all, that is going to mean more people are going to be outside. But, you know, for the just strictly the politics of it all, it also means more people are going to be kind of paying attention to what he's doing. And he's going to have a, a you know, a bit of a challenge because, again, you know, it, there, it, this isn't going to be won by just, you know, hey, wait a minute. We did right by you. We gave you twenty five million dollars. No, that, that's not what this is about. And, um, you know, and I, and I think you're going to see more po- politicians probably saddle up to those organizers because, right, the people who are willing to come out in the middle of the week. And, you know, attend a rally at the state house. They're also willing to knock doors all summer long, uh, you know, when it comes to the, the politics. Folks, we're going to take a, a, a quick break. Much more ahead. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. The problem with your heating system, call R.E. Coogan Heating today, 401-732-6562. 24 emergency service, gas boiler, oil burner. Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. They're helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Explore their services. Look for them on Facebook and the website is recooganheating.com. Residential services, as Coogie says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Plumbing, heating, and cooling from winter to summer. Trained technicians provide 100% service, one customer at a time. Service calls, maintenance agreements, installation, RE Coogan Heating. Proud to help residential customers, and they pride themselves making customer service and satisfaction a top priority. Call them today. Now it's cold, it's going to remain cold. Call Coogan Heating today, 401 732 6562. It's Coogie, it's 24 hour emergency service. Hey, not long ago, our hot water tank gave out. What did I do? Did I panic? Did I try to fix it? I called Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. Look for them on Facebook, and then the website is recooganheating.com. portion of the program brought to you by the Coesit Inn. Check them out on the website, depetro.com, the Coesit Inn, or Rhode Island tradition since 1977, located 226 Coesit Avenue in West Warwick, whether it's lunch or dinner, or drinks in the lounge, whether a nice dinner or even just appetizers. There's always a great crowd. You can link directly to them, and gift certificates are available. The Coesit Inn, 226 Coesit Avenue in West Warwick. We're speaking with Dan McGowan. He's a columnist for the Boston Globe. Dan McGowan, interesting uh, piece that you wrote, that classical, which still, uh, that that is, I think most people know by now, if you want to go to high school in Providence, you can take a test to get in. So they bring in all really the best students in the city go to classical and uh the entrance exam um i had not heard that before that as much as all the talk about the diversity the there's definitely a language barrier if there is someone who's a good student that maybe is still learning or struggling to learn english 
Yeah, so the, the very basics is, you, you, as you described accurately, the test uh, at classical, it's a test in public school. It's the, you know, kind of the beach of Providence. And I think in some ways, you know, U.S. News and World Report, number 91 school in the country, right? Very good success story. The challenge they have is they only offer that admissions test in English completely. They don't offer help for students who, you know, might be multilingual learners or English learners. Um, you know, there's, there's not a lot of support there. And what you get out of that is in a district where 35% of students are now considered English learners, uh, at, at classical, it's about 1.2%. So it's a wow. pretty significant difference. Now, my column, and I think you'll appreciate the nuance here to some degree, which is I am not in any way suggesting that, you know, you suddenly need to create a quota system at classical and, you know, you have to make sure you have 20% of English learners or anything like that. What I'm saying is I think it might be time to look at maybe you offer that test in Spanish. And here's the thing. If a kid could pass the test in Spanish, that kid's going to be just fine. They're going to yeah. learn English, you know, while they're at classical. They're going to be okay. Um, and I think the truth is what would happen is what would expose the Providence School District further is, unfortunately, what would happen is you probably would have a lot of kids who, who still wouldn't get in. And that's because the programming for English learners in Providence uh, is pretty poor. Folks, again, we're speaking with Dean McGowan of the Boston Globe. I'm wondering, have you heard back from, I saw that like Helena folks or maybe a few others, have you, has, is there anyone currently running for office that has reacted to this? No. And here's the thing. This is the most interesting part of this kind of debate. If you go look, this happened in New York to some degree with some of their New York city, with some of their test in schools, same thing in Boston. You, you've had a little bit of this conversation there. Uh, the truth is, I think a lot of politicians get very squishy about this because even the Democrats who, you know, who want to preach equity and they want to, you know, talk a big game when it comes to, you know, supporting every student, they look at this and they say, you know, I'm not sure we should screw up the only thing that works in the Providence school system. And look, it's a fair point. It's a fair conversation. Um, but I do think it's one that you're going to have to have. Look, this isn't just, you know, Dan McGowan on a random day writing about this. You know, two or three years ago, the Department of Justice in their, you know, real big crackdown on the Providence schools when it came to uh, English learners pointed this out specifically. At the time, there was only one, one kid, not one percent, one kid who was an English learner at class. And they said, this is a huge problem for you guys. And so I do think it's going to become an issue. I talked to the, the commissioner, uh, Angelica Infante-Green, and even she, you know, somebody who you would say, right, her, she, her entire reputation coming to Rhode Island was, you know, I, you know, I've done all this work around English learners and, you know, we've helped reform things in New York. You know, we're going to take over the Providence school system. Even she said to me, look, this is a slow pace. You know, we have to get this right because there will be a revolt about this, even and she, she said to me, even from people who support me, she said, you know, there will be pushback on this. So it's going to be a really interesting thing to follow because it's going to be in the hands of the next governor. I asked all the mayoral candidates uh, because they're all talking about the Providence school system. And even then, nobody said, you know, outright, yes, we need to change the test or we need to do anything. It's more of, you know, let's wait and see. Let's take a look, which is, of course, the story of the Providence school system for 50 years. Folks, again, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. And uh, Dan McGowan, in today's, folks, in today's Boston Globe, your colleague Ed Fitzpatrick, I saw him yesterday, uh, Republican Alan Fung launches his campaign for Congress. Uh, I, I'm, I'm looking for a reason to believe that this race is not just Alan Fung against Seth, Seth Magaziner. Um, all the, the, the makings of it, trappings of it, uh, until I see something otherwise, and I know David Siegel's in the race, but I'm just curious to hear some of your thoughts on the Fung announcement yesterday. Yeah, I mean, look, I think there's a part of me that says if Alan Fung doesn't win this time, he better quit politics because yeah. uh, everything is aligning for Alan Fung at this point. Um, even, uh, you know, just even the national climate, you're starting to see some of the, you know, the websites that kind of rank the, the biggest races to watch. You're never going to see Rhode Island as number one because it's Rhode Island and traditionally people consider it a blue state but lots of the national pundits are starting to pay attention starting to say wait a minute something's going on here and by the way how does that happen it's because one you can just see them the, you know kind of the way the math works but 
because look, Jim Langevin's been down, been in Washington a long time. He, you don't think his staff talks to reporters and says, "Oh, look, it's not a slam dunk that a Democrat's right. going to win," right? People are starting to gain attention, and I think, um, I think the rollout for Alan Fung spectacular i quite frankly I, he's a guy who um i was a little disappointed that he announced and then kind of went underwater for a while you know he was trying to raise money he did that thing but had a great announcement had all said all the right things i think yep. um he's gonna get frustrated because he's gonna face i mean it's just gonna be incessant you wore a trump hat that time are you gonna support kevin mccarthy um i think the message of I'm a good, you know, I was a really good mayor and I'm a reasonable guy. Uh, I think that that is going to resonate. Now, there will be Democrats and even some independents who are going to say, nope, can't support you. You supported Trump or you wore the hat, whatever it is. Um, th- that will happen. But it's, you know, you've known Alan Fung a long time. He's a likable guy. Um, I even thought, what is his statement? The thing he said yesterday that, uh, you know, it, Going going to work is like buying a, a steak at the Capitol Grill. He's yeah. he's just he's very folksy and good at making people understand kind of what's going on. I I, I hadn't heard that phrase before, and I thought, boy, that really crystallizes it, right? People understand it's really expensive to go to the Capitol Grill. Now they understand it's really expensive to go to work. Uh, um, and so, and then on the other side, you're right. I mean. Uh, uh, clearly Seth Magaziner is just continuing um, his sort of onslaught of this idea that I'm, I'm the nominee or I'm going to be the nominee. Uh, you know, they released a website that it attacks uh, Fong. You're going to see that just constantly. Um, he is certainly treating this race as his. And, you know, to your point, for good reason, you have not seen, I'm actually working on a column about another candidate in the race right now. And you just haven't seen um anyone really step up and the clock is really you have to introduce yourself to voters one thing seth magaziner doesn't have to do is that right people do at least they understand what a treasurer is and what they've seen his name on the ballot he's been around so i do think this is you know very clearly an alan fung versus seth magaziner race and um, I, you know, for, for all the folks who pay attention to this and think, oh, well, Rhode Island always goes blue. I don't know. Alan Fung, this, this year just seems to really work for him. Hey, McGowan, the, the whole thing with the Trump hat, there's just something about that. You tell me, but it just seems so sophomoric about it. I mean, it was 2017. He traveled down to the inauguration. It was cold out. I think there was actually someone from Rhode Island selling trump merchandise and gave him a trump winter hat that he put on there's just something about that because the magazine of people had protesters out front and they're holding the picture of him wearing the trump hat now i remember that senator reed attended the inauguration congressman cicilline attended the inauguration rhode island governor Jim Raimondo blew off the inauguration but it just oh, is, is this like, like barack obama like attended the, the inauguration yes. is this the whole thing of grade school of like you know you know, you have girl germs or is that what the whole campaign, what am I missing about the hat? It just seems so, you know, soft, sophomoric about it. Is, is there something more? Is that if you're an independent voter, is that a game changer that you see a photo of him at, at the inauguration wearing a Trump winter hat? I don't, I, I would, I would say no. I think you and I are okay. on the same page about this. Now there's a difference here though. One thing I'll say is I do think it played a role in 2018 because i do think we were living in a moment where you had a you know a, a, a at least polling wise a pretty unpopular president who uh you know was uh can, can, you know volatile at times and so in the moment when in a blue state when you had you know an unpopular president who people particularly in rhode island were very upset with you know they it was easy to make that connection right you woke up in the morning and you said you know, I hate Donald Trump. And then, you know, you got it. You saw a commercial that said this candidate for governor loves Donald Trump. Okay, fine. That resonates. Now, you know, first of all, you have an unpopular Democratic president. So that's a challenge. Um, You know, you you certainly see that the, you know, the Republicans are going to almost clearly take the majority in the House and almost certainly in the Senate, too. So, you know, there's that all going on. And, Look, Donald Trump is not on the ballot. It's not like no. he's going to come to Rhode Island right. 
I think what Alan Fung is going to have to do is he's going to have to almost kind of let it roll. He's going to have to find some way to, you know, kind of brush it off in a way that doesn't offend, you know, the, the, the true hardcore conservatives in the state. And also, you know, find the whatever the talking point is that you can say that you can just repeat the way the Democrats repeat the Trump thing. I don't think that's the only thing that um, that that takes him down. I think it's a tough, st- you know, again, I, the reason I would never say this is a slam dunk for Alan Fung is that it just is a blue state. Right. I mean, he, 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 there's there's no question about that. And so, right. you know, it's possible that. Uh, you know, that Seth Magaziner or whoever the Democrat is, you know, wins this race by two or three points and nobody's surprised after Election Day. I'm not sure, though, that those two or three points difference will be because, you know, Alan Fung wore a hat a couple of years ago. Yeah, I, I think uh, just before we take I, I think anyone that would say that they're wildly upset about that or offended, I, I think they're voting for the Democrat. Yeah, they weren't voting anyway. for him anyway. Exactly. Right. You have that. I think you go back, but if, if that's what they're betting everything on is like, ha look at him. He had the hat. On. I, I just, again, if they feel that that's the strategy, but I, I think it's a, well, it's a, and, and John, it's a little weak. The hard, it's, it is a little weak. And the hard part is, is that, you know, if you, if you find the Democrats in Cranston and they'll tell you, well, Alan Fung wasn't as good as he says he was. And, you know, he, he got this little nuanced thing wrong. This reminds me of the conversation you and I have had for years about, you know, the Gina Raimondo in national politics, people here who really don't like the governor, the former governor and now commerce right. secretary will say, oh, wait until the national media finds out about cooler good. and warmer. <laughs> right. right. Good point. It, it's not a real thing. And for the no. for the people of, you know, uh, of the second district, I don't think they're going to really get bogged down by, you know, one time he uh, no. he didn't he didn't treat uh, Edgewood very well. Right. Right. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. J. Perry Paving. Folks, you can depend on J. Perry Paving. They provide high-quality, fair-pricing, exceptional service. Over 20 years' experience specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal-coating patios, and much more. Call them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. They are tremendous. They also, how about this, once a month, they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran. And remember, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, call J. Perry Paving for a free quote. It makes a huge difference in your property, in your home, in your driveway or patio. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving, 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. They're terrific. Hey, get that driveway paved. Call and book an appointment now, 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. We're speaking with Dan McGowan, a columnist with the Boston Globe. And Dan, your colleague, Amanda Melkovitz, this piece that she did, uh, you know, life on Cranston Street and inside real prostitution in Rhode Island, it's it's you know making prostitution legal in Rhode Island, the out of state money behind the push. I, I don't throw it around that often, but that that was that's an award winning type of, of piece and the the odd dynamic that comes out of it is these progressives that are in favor of it. And I really like how in the article Amanda points out they, they will never acknowledge the real reality of what's going on literally out on these streets. Yeah, I mean this is the classic challenge that progressives, um, I think more so than, than any other kind of wing of any party um, always has, which is like this think tank mentality, you know, yes, let's cook it up in a classroom, but it doesn't actually apply to kind of how the real world works. Look, yes. In theory, sure. Do you, you know, do I think a, a person who almost is likely to, you know, if they're, if they're prostituting themselves, there's, there's a great chance there's you know, drug problems, all those other things, you know, do I think they should be locked up and thrown in jail? Of course not. Like we need to help those people and, you know, find a way to get them back on their feet. But there's a difference between that and, you know, unionizing prostitutes as, wow. as Amanda wrote in, the, in, in yes. her story. And, uh, I thought Amanda did a great job. You know, it's a great job when you know the 
nobody can really poke a hole in it, right? It's it, it was really hard for anyone who supported this, you know, concept of decriminalizing and you know, again, you know, empowering folks, uh, you know, women who are prostitutes. Uh, and there wasn't anybody who was saying, you know, Amanda Milkovich is out, is outrageous here. It was everybody. It was a, it was an opening, you know, open and shut case in many ways. Yeah. Reality. Yes, and it's because exactly it's because she. You know, she went to Cranston Street, Broad uh, Street. You know, she went there, talked to people. Uh, this is not a glamorous life. Um, and, and almost always it is, you know, involves pimps and, and, and drug dealers and things like that. Um, and, and, and often men behind the scenes, right? And uh, I was really glad Amanda did this because it was, you know, uh, this is kind of one of those conversations that bubbles up from time to time. Um, and it's, I, I hate to even say it sounds good, but it's one of those progressive talking points. Yeah. Um, and, and I think she really poked a lot of holes in it. Cynthia Mendez, who's the, uh, the co-op collaborative candidate for Lieutenant governor was it her line of, you know, right now they could choose to enter the industry collective bargaining rights, but the line of the story, it's hard to imagine what collective bargaining would look like on Cranston street. There's no way to negotiate with a needle or a fist. I just give her a lot of credit. That to me is the reality. That's yep. not just a talking point up at the state house. Uh, I'd be very curious. I'm very interested to hear this as a topic in a lieutenant governor debate because there's there's the reality out there on the streets, and then there's you know something that's just uh, well. And if if I'm Sabina Matos, right, that race is now suddenly very crowded. If I'm Sabina Matos, and I need to kind of you know, get a little bit of boost here. And, and you know, uh, I, this, this whole thing with Governor McKee hasn't worked out particularly well. I mean, this is your moment, right? You yes. can come out and, and really kind of squash this, you know, Senate can or the Senator. And, um, and then suddenly you're really back in it because then it's, you know, it's the incumbent Lieutenant Governor who happens to be a Latina versus, you know, Deb Ruggiero, at least on the Democratic side, um, then suddenly, you know, Sabina Montes, I think, is very, very competitive right now. You know, unfortunately, you've got a situation where uh, not a lot of folks know what the lieutenant governor does anyway, including this one. Then you've got the candidate, you know, who's going to have all the progressive energy. And then you have the, you know, the state rep candidate who's who's going to be solid. She, she certainly becomes, uh, I don't know if the favorite, but very close to the favorite at this point. Tim McCowan, is there something going on with the, the Matos campaign? I, back in December, Ernie Almonte, who I've known for a long time, pulled me aside and, and went out of his way to let me know he moved back from Florida to work for the lieutenant governor because she's the real deal and I believe in her. Boom, 60 days later, he's gone and takes a new job. And now she just had some turnover with her campaign. Is there something going on behind behind the scenes? She lo- she, she did lose a campaign, you know, her campaign yeah. manager. And yeah, yeah, she's had a little bit of staff turnover. I don't know that it is. Uh, I'd be lying if I told you I had, you know, super insight on this. I would say what I do know is I think there was an initial kind of um, – uh, effort uh, to really kind of run everything by, you know, the flagpole to the governor. And I think she kind of got off to a, that was a rocky start, but a start where she didn't have all of the people that maybe she wanted around her. Huh. Um, and I think it's still kind of shaking out in that way. All, all the way of saying, you know, it hasn't been a great experience for her. Um, you know, she does get to go to everything more so certainly than the than past Lieutenant governors, but um yeah, I think it. You know, she she was six months ago. I would have said she was a, a lock. I, mean, I don't know if Dan McKee is going to win, but I'm pretty sure Sabina Montes is going to be the lieutenant governor. And now I think you know you could pretty much flip a coin. Yeah, Dave McGowan. I also noticed David Siegel, who's running uh, Congress CD two. I think he's he's going to be a strong candidate. I noticed he turned up at a I think at the protest at the hospital, and I think I also saw that. Aaron Ruggenberg, at least on social media, is kind of supportive. It's interesting to me because you go back 2010, Aaron Ruggenberg, David Siegel, you know, they were kind of like the new class of progressives on the scene. Now you go to 2022. Um, I, I, I just think it's interesting. They are not aligned with Seth Magaziner uh, and nor Matt Brown. That's 100 percent right there. Yeah. The, you know, they, David Siegel will be an interesting candidate in this race because the, the, the big difference between you know, 2010 David Siegel, when he was a state rep and running for Congress was he was, you know, progressive before progressive was cool. Right. Yeah. He, 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 people thought 
I mean, I, I remember some of the, the, the way he ran that campaign. I remember people thought he was, you know, a radical, crazy person. Yep. And you think about sort of what has been elected after that. Um, now, but at the time, he was an upstart guy, right? He was just, he, he was the kind of Bernie Sanders, you know, candidate at, at that moment. 12 years later, he's still got, you know, he still would say, certainly he's the most progressive candidate in that race. Yeah. But, you know, he's made some money in his life. Yeah. Uh, he's got national connections where he's raised, you know, a couple of hundred thousand bucks. And he is much more, you know, much closer to, I guess what you would say, the establishment, uh, you know, than, than to the, the political co-op. Although I will say the one asterisk I'd put on that is David Siegel's smart enough to know that when you're running kind of as an upstart candidate, you, you know, you're willing to expand that tent. I'm sure if he can get support from the co-op, uh, as long as he doesn't have to, you know, support something like legalizing prostitution, right. um, I'm sure he'll take it at some point. Like the, the one I'm waiting for, the, the one thing I'm waiting for is, <clears throat> excuse me, is, you know, will, will Senator Sam Bell, who's a represent, who represents part of district two, will he endorse David Siegel? My gut says yes, but he hasn't mm. done it yet. Folks, also in the Boston Globe, again, your colleague Ed Fitzpatrick, Senate passes Let R.I. Vote Act over GOP opposition. They had a press conference on Monday. I, I, I and I even asked her, I saw her yesterday, Chair uh, Susie Yankee, like, so that's the best example you're using is Buddy Cianci and Lloyd Griffin from the 80s that was written in the Prince of Providence. It basically went along party lines. I think one Democrat jumped off. Um, but what, what do you the fact that they push this through? And I also think it's interesting that Senator Jessica de la Cruz, they were kind of putting her out at the press briefing. But I didn't see her get a lot of press. Just curious your thoughts on these new voting provisions. You know, I, what I'm surprised, I, I think here's your classic example of a the challenge of Rhode Island, particularly for the Republican Party is. You you really struggle to mount any credible opposition. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you had a couple more Republicans, or if you had, if you could convert a couple more conservative Democrats over to your side, right. you know, these things become really interesting debates. In this case, essentially, what they're saying is, hey, remember how you know voting worked in 2020? You know, at the height of the pandemic, it's kind of going to work like that forever. I and mean, it's basically the 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 way that they described and i think a lot of democrats said okay you know is this gonna this is a you know a democratic priority nationally you know you you have to be very pro-voter and pro you know expansion of rights and things like that sure fine i'll sign on to it at the end of the day when i knock on the doors people aren't going to notice this um i think that's largely how a lot of the democrats in the state thought um and, and i think you you hit it on the head i mean Look, it's all it's fun to tell the old stories about Buddy Sancy. My right. view, Buddy Sancy was a Republican and an independent. So yeah. it's all you know, you can poke some holes here, uh, in that there are more tangible examples up front, uh, you know, uh, uh where you, you could point to not necessarily clear fraud. You can certainly point to attempts at fraud. That is a yeah. real thing. I was I always caution people. And they tell me uh, this, this happened a lot in, under the Trump administration. You'd see reporters say there's no such thing as voter fraud. And I'd say, I'll agree that I don't think the presidential election can necessarily be swung by voter fraud. But look, I've covered Providence City Council races. Yeah. If, if you don't think that there are people hustling for votes yes. every day, yeah. um, you know, you, you do not know what you're talking about. Yeah, and as best illustrated, that Brit that Brit trial. Exactly. Was, you know, I mean, there it was. There's the the kingmaker, winning ways. Ed Catunio up there on the stand and sought out by all. They're not doing that just for his vernacular. He's got a way. Yeah, or his Rolodex. Fight. They're not doing yes, it because he knows uh, lots of people. <laughs> right. Folks, each day I start off uh, by reading Roadmap. It arrives in my inbox, and it is original. It's new. It's what I mean by new. It's all new information and it's fresh and there's links to all the top stories. Dan McGowan, right now, if you'd be so kind to extend that to everyone that's listening. Very simple. Send me a blank email. You don't have to write anything in the subject line. 
just a blank email to rinews at globe.com, rinews at globe.com. Um, and I'll know what it is. You'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning. One last note. I, I agree with you. That Celtics team sweeping the nets. This this has all the makings of a championship run. I think you might see a parade in Boston this year. The only thing I <laughs> the only the only asterisk I put on it is uh, this Golden State Warriors team is very special too. Yeah, but even just to reach the finals. Yeah. Dave McGowan, great to talk to you. We'll talk to you again. Thanks, John. Have a great day. Brothers Disposal. Call Brothers Disposal today. Get a purple dumpster for your driveway. How do you know it's Brothers Disposal? Because it's a purple dumpster. Look for them on Facebook and give them a call for an estimate. 401-688-0517. Get a dumpster in your driveway. Maybe you're cleaning out your basement your garage, unwanted belongings. Maybe you just have some things in boxes that you've never taken out. Clean it out with Brothers Disposal. They're also now offering weekly trash collection services. Call Brother Roland today at Brothers Disposal, 401-688-0517. Whether it's a small household construction project or you just need a dumpster to get rid of some unwanted belongings, call Brothers Disposal today. Come on, brother. Call Brothers Disposal, 401 401- Six eight eight zero five one seven. Look for them on Facebook. Brothers Disposal. Get a dumpster in your driveway. Four zero one six eight eight zero five one seven. Into Brood Awakenings and discover the Brood difference. Two locations in Johnston, also in Cranston, Pontiac Avenue, and then also Bald Hill Road in Warwick. Brood Awakenings. They're local, fresh ingredients, cozy environment. Great comfortable chairs, delicious breakfast sandwiches, lunch, great drinks and coffee, and plenty of room to spread out and meet people. I'll see you, and you'll discover the brood difference at Brood Awakenings. You're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, remember, you can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Check out the website, dipietro.com. We have original, unique exclusive stories videos content all our links to social media facebook twitter instagram youtube it's all right there and that's also the best way to reach me log on at the website depetro.com depetro.com to check out our website depetro.com depetro.com which is sponsored by and brought to you by the centerdale revival comfort food and cocktails located 2025 smith street in north providence Shane and his crew, what a wonderful job they've done. Winner of several Rhode Island Best of Awards, Best of Rhode Island Awards. The Senadale Revival. Delicious food, cocktails, a lot of fun. Stop it and see them. 2025 Smith Street in North Providence. The John DePietro Show brought to you by realtor Pat Elston. Call Pat today, 401-474-5253. There's a link right directly to her on the website, dipietro.com. Caldwell Banker Realty based in Cumberland, 20 years experience, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Pat services all of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Contact Pat Elston today, 401-474-5253, and you can find her right on the website, dipetro.com.